Whenever we talk about success in business, it's usually about how to make more money, how to make more profit, how to get more clients, better clients, improve your process, improve your systems. We don't often talk about the personal side of business success and how can you really even call it a successful business if it's draining you personally and physically? Why does anyone want to build a successful business? Because they want to have a life that they're proud of and that they enjoy living. And your personal and physical health is absolutely a part of that. How do you maintain both though? How do you find the balance without sacrificing? You're listening to the No BS Agency Podcast. We talk strategies that can take your one to two person branding agency from $5,000 to $30,000 per month without hiring employees or working your ass off. All you have to do is cut the BS. I am Pia Silva. I come across the topic of work-like balance a lot, but it usually refers to corporate life and employees looking for corporate cultures that have work-life balance. It's a completely different animal when you work for yourself because even when you put boundaries in place and you don't work all the time, your mind can still be working. Your body can still feel the stress of your business, even if you're not physically at your desk. I saw this Instagram reel from Alex Hormozzi, who's got some really great content, but he's also a beast. He's nuts. He reminds me of how I used to work 10 years ago. The reel was saying, you know, according to him, he's like, why would you get up and meditate and read and exercise when that's your most productive hour of the day? Why wouldn't you just get up and work? That's what you should do. You should take that productive time and you should put it to good use. And I can completely relate to that. I used to get up and go straight to work. I was motivated to work. I was mostly motivated by fear because I was afraid that if I didn't work enough, I would not make enough money to live. But either way, I had that drive inside of me and I would work all the time. I would work from the moment I got up and I was happy to work into the evening. I was happy to work on the weekends, whatever I needed to do, I needed to get this done. Of course, there is no done when it comes to your business. So I was perpetually chasing this finish line that just didn't exist. And so I would completely burn out and then get these migraines and be flat on my back for days. That was my body's way of forcing me to stop working and rest. I remember a period of time where because I have this motor inside of me, I would tell Steve, I can work every day. I have no problem working every day. You know, I used to be a dancer and I love dancing, but I remember part of being trained as a dancer is to push through the pain, to show up even when it doesn't feel good, no matter what, and get it done. If it doesn't hurt, you're not doing it right. I distinctly remember that. So imagine how much that's translated into my work life. It made me really tough. It made me really determined. And it made me feel like you can do this no matter what. You can get up and make this happen no matter how you feel. And so I used to tell Steve, I have no problem working seven days a week if this needs to get done. And I actually didn't understand why he couldn't. And he would tell me, listen, after six or seven days of work in a row, I need a break. 
I start to go nuts. I start to go crazy and I, I, I get anxious. And I didn't understand that at the time. I understand it now though, because he was just more aware of what this work was doing to him. And I was ignoring it and pushing through it. But it was definitely taking a toll on me, as evidenced by these migraines, as evidenced by the tension in my neck, right? There were all kinds of signs, but I had been trained from a very young age to ignore those signs because no matter how you feel, you go to ballet class, right? You're not allowed to sit on the sides. You're not allowed to be sick. So I just learned that deep inside, and that's how I showed up. So over the years, as I was trying to treat these chronic pains that I had. And, you know, it's so funny in retrospect, like, I wonder why I get all these migraines. <laughs> I wonder why I have all this tension in my neck. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'm working seven days a week and thinking about my business 24 seven and I never turn off, but I don't know why I get these headaches. It's so funny now, but over years I was trying to solve them and it started to become more apparent that that working so intensely for such long periods of time was a factor. And so I slowly started to change my habits. I slowly started to not work on weekends. And then in 2017, Steve and I went on this two-month vacation to Europe. We completely unplugged. We really didn't tell anybody we were going except our friends. We didn't post it online. Whenever I would get inquiries for client work, I would just say, hey, our next availability is in September. And I just didn't say why. And so I was booking clients for when we came back, but I didn't book anything while we were there. And we had such an amazing trip. We like to go on trips for long periods of time, at least two or three weeks, because I find that it takes me at least a week to really unhook from my existing lifestyle and, and, and pace of living. And so after a couple of weeks, I really eased into it and I got really used to the European lifestyle. We were road tripping all around the coast of Spain and Southern Spain. And then we went to visit our friends in Italy and Rome and Tuscany. And we saw our friends in London. We went to Mallorca. Um, we just went all over. We didn't plan it much. We knew the people we wanted to visit, but we were kind of renting cars and we were buying plane tickets while we were there. We were booking hotel rooms for the next night as we drove along the coast. So it was very freeing and it was like we could do whatever we wanted. And while we were there, we did work some afternoons. We would work about four o'clock in the afternoon for a couple of hours. We'd spend the morning either driving or just we'd go to the beach or we'd go to the little town, have breakfast. We'd read all day and then at around three or four o'clock, we'd go back to our hotel room and we'd do a little bit of work. I would write a Forbes article. We did do a couple of branch drinks while we were there. So we booked our branch drink interviews for four o'clock. That's actually why four o'clock happened because four o'clock was 10 a.m. here. And we used to do our branch drink interviews at 10 a.m. So I just let people still book them and we would just do them at 4 p.m. And we wouldn't even tell them we were in Spain. We would just do them as if we were here at 10 a.m. And so maybe I would write the brand shrink at 4 p.m., whatever it was. We'd work for like two hours, maybe two to three hours, some of the days. And I would get so much done. 
I would get way more done in this two or three hour block than sometimes I might get done in a whole day sitting at the office. It was pretty incredible. After a long day of laying by the beach and reading books and being all inspired, I would like bang out these articles. I would write these brand shrinks in no time. I was so clear headed. And then at eight or nine, because they eat really late in Spain and in the summertime, it's light till 10 o'clock at night. Then we would go out and have this whole evening. And it was amazing. It was like, wow, the day is so long (laughs) and I'm getting so much done. So as our trip came to an end, we were kind of sad and scared that we were going to lose this amazing experience. We were wondering, should we move to Spain? We kept calling this way of living Spain brain, all right? We, we branded it Spain brain because we just had these long days of relaxation with these little spurts of work that were really productive. And so as the trip neared the end, we talked about, we can't let this go. We have to bring this home. Is there any way that we can live Spain brain life in Brooklyn? And so we wrote out this plan in one of Steve's journals. I have the the journal somewhere. I'll find it and put it on the show notes where we outlined what Spain brain meant and how we were going to do it when we got home. And basically we said, okay, how about we decide that we aren't going to work until 1 p.m. in the afternoon. So we are going to carve out all this time for ourselves in the morning. And that way we can have this creative time. We'll purposefully say, we don't, we just don't work. You can do whatever you want. So we were creating this space for our personal projects. And then we will work from one to six. So we'll still work five hours. That's plenty of time. That's only three hours less than a normal workday. It's more than three hours less than what I was working, but it's three hours less than a more normal workday. Okay, so we're going to work 25 hours a week. We're going to go in after lunch and we'll work till dinner. That was the plan. And in order to do that, we said, well, we're going to have to get more done in less time. That's what's going to have to happen. And so we started to think creatively about how are we going to fit all the things that we normally do into a five-hour block? Well, first of all, just off the bat, we assumed we're going to be more productive because we're working fewer hours and we're working after having this whole morning of creativity. So we're going to be more jazzed, you know, we're going to be more inspired. And if it's anything like it's been in Spain, we'll be more productive in that time. Second, we're going to have to look for ways to outsource more things. So I already had a VA, but I decided that when I come back, I am going to outsource as much as humanly possible to her. And just by outsourcing more work to her, I knew that I could free up at least a few of those hours. And the third thing was that we needed to have a plan when we went into work each day. I had never been really good about planning out my work days before that. I would show up and I would always have an ongoing running list of things to do. And my day was just spent trying to do as many of those things as possible. And so what we instead decided to do is switch to a process of setting our goals for the week. And then at the end of each day, writing down exactly what we're going to do the next day. That way, when we showed up at at 1 p.m., we would know exactly what we were working on and we would just get right to work. So that would also help us. We would be very clear. We wouldn't waste any time on figuring out what we're going to do. And I hate to admit this, but I think another reason we were able to do all of our work in a much shorter amount of time is because by only working for five hours and that was it, 
and having such a clear idea of what we were working on, there was a lot less dilly-dallying. There was there were no times where I would be scrolling through Facebook mindlessly because I was tired and I was looking for a way to distract myself, right? I knew what I was doing. I'd come in, I'd get to work and it'd be done. So we came home with this plan and we put it into action. And I have to admit, as soon as we got home and we were back in our old environment, it was hard. We would wake up and look at each other and be like, so what are we going to do now? You're going to read? <laughs> going to read for the next three hours? Want to go get some breakfast? You know, we went out to a lot of breakfasts, you know, that first month. You want to go sit in the hammock and just you know, Steve would say, oh, I guess I'm going to go, I think I'm going to draw something or paint. It was very weird. It was very weird to be in our Brooklyn apartment trying to have Spain brain. And it was hard because I wanted to work. I like the work that I do, but I was purposefully putting these boundaries around my work. And so I, I didn't. And it was strange, but I started to get used to it. So much so that within a couple of months, I like couldn't imagine working more than 25 hours a week. Now, another reason we did this is because when we were in Europe, that's when I got pregnant. So when we came back, we knew that we were going to have a baby in nine months and we had better prepare for the fact that we were going to have this baby so we can't be working all the time. So there was another great incentive for us to cut down on the amount of hours we were working. In worst case scenario, he could work five hours and I could work five hours and we could split our days and not need any help. And that's kind of what we were thinking. But I have to tell you, it was hard at first, but it got easier and I got really used to it. And what it did was it allowed me to have enough space to do all the things that I should have been doing all along to take care of myself. I had enough space to exercise every day. I had enough space to have quiet time in my mind. I got to read, which is something that I am often tired, too tired to do at night. And that's usually the time that I read. So I got to read more books and I find reading to be a very inspiring and motivating and stimulating thing to do. So that also inspired me to do my work more, gave me tons of ideas. There were just so many amazing things that came from it. And guess what? My productivity didn't go down at all. And what I learned from this experience, and this is really the, the moral of the story, is we will fill the time that we set aside for ourselves. And if we have to do it in fewer hours, we will find a way to do it. And so when I think about finding work-life balance as a business owner, there's two things that I think you need to think of. One is you need to give yourself the space to do the activities that are going to take care of you. Just because I was powering through and feeling like I could work all the time didn't mean that my health was reacting to it well. We all know that no matter how strong you think you are, everybody needs rest. Everybody needs exercise. Everybody is going to respond well to eating good food. If you don't have any time to make sure that you're nourishing your body and sleeping well and taking care of yourself by exercising, you are not going to feel as good. That's just science. And those are things that a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we say that we don't have time to do, but we only don't have time to do them because we're not being creative thinkers about how we're spending our time. I would encourage you and challenge you instead to say, here's all the things that I know are going to give me a great physical and mental health. And here's what that looks like in my schedule if I didn't have to worry about my business. 
It would look like this. I go to yoga three times a week, or I go to some boot camp three times a week, or I go for a run. You know, it would look like I sit down and eat proper meals three times a day. It might look like I cook for my family instead of getting takeout. It might look like I order good food to be prepped for me, and so I need to make enough money to to pay for that. It can look however it looks to you, but the point is, do you know what that is, and have you looked at and tried to put it into a schedule to say, okay, what would it look like if I did this, and how much time would I then have available for my business? And then once you do that, you might have less time available, but then you can go back to the two things that that I used to squeeze all of my work into those five hours. And those were looking for ways to outsource everything I could and planning each day the day before. Those two things alone allowed me to get as much or more done in a five-hour day than I was probably doing in an eight or 10-hour day. I was just as productive. I repeat, I was just as productive that year leading up to the birth of Axel as I was the year before when I was working all the time probably more productive, and I felt so much better. But the second thing that I think needs to be said is, as business owners, it's really hard for us to turn off. So we need that space to not think about our businesses. And I am somebody who used to think, but I love my business, I love thinking about it, and I don't wanna turn off. But in retrospect, I think that was partially coming from fear. Fear that if I turned it off or I didn't think about it for a little bit, that somehow it would flounder. And I think it was also partially identifying myself as somebody who could do it, who was strong enough and determined enough and didn't need to pussyfoot around it, right? I can can do the work, like I'm a hustler, I'm strong. And I think that thinking that I didn't need that time aside for other things, for clearing my mind, I think that that felt like it was part of that identity. What does success in business look like to you? Do you think about your personal and physical health when it comes to what a successful business is going to look like? Can you even be successful in business if your health is failing, if you don't have time to spend with the people you love? Can you really call that success? There's this famous book by this woman, Bronnie Ware. She is an Australian nurse who spent years in the hospice space caring for patients in their last 12 weeks of their lives. And she wrote a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And what she found was that it was the same common things over and over again. And number two was, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And number four was, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Nobody regretted that they hadn't worked hard enough. Nobody regretted anything about their careers or their businesses. They cared that they had been true to themselves. They cared that they had expressed themselves, that they had let themselves be happier. That was number five. I wish I had let myself be happier. Success in business is not success if your life isn't successful. So think about what life being successful looks like and give yourself the space and make a plan. Because I don't think you have to sacrifice your personal and mental health for your business. And I don't think you have to sacrifice your business for your personal and mental health. I think you can have both. You just have to put out an intention and think about it and plan it and make it happen. Having both business health and physical health and mental health, having both of those together, I think is a great goal for business success. So I'm going to give you some homework today. I want you to sit down and I want you to write out what a perfect work week would look like where you're taking care of both yourself and your business. 
and carve out exactly how many hours you could actually give your business to succeed. And then if it's fewer hours than you have been giving it now, look at all the things that you are doing and say, how can I be more efficient in this? How can I outsource this? What can I do to make sure that I'm still attaining this level of output and I'm still moving my goals forward, but I'm doing it more efficiently? Because I promise you, you're not working as efficiently as you could be right now. Another thing that I started doing a couple of years ago is planning out my time off all year from the very beginning of the year. So when I do our big goal setting session in mastery in January, I have everybody look at a year long calendar and decide how many days off do I want every month, every quarter? How many vacations do I want to take? Do I want to take a couple of big vacations? Do I want to take a three day weekend every month? What is a perfect rhythm look like for you to take time off? And we actually block that out in your calendar first. And one of the things that I did, I actually did this before January, is I decided that I was going to take off the entire month of August. I rented a a house on a beach. Steve and I rented a house on a beach. We're going to go there. We're going to invite friends to come stay with us. It's not that far from our house. It's like an hour outside of the city. And we are so looking forward to just having this big chunk of time to unwind, enjoy a slower pace of life, and recharge. And I'm so glad that I scheduled that nine, 10 months ago, because if I was deciding whether or not to book that right now, I wouldn't be able to, right? Because I would have things on my calendar. But because I scheduled it so far in advance, that that month has been completely booked all year. So everything I've been doing has been in anticipation of the fact that I'm not going to be available for August. Now, will there be a couple of things that I have to show up for? Sure. I'm okay with that. If that allows me to have this month away and allows me to build this business that I love, then I think it's worth it. So on that note, I wish you such a relaxing and recharging August. I am going to be taking those few weeks off, which means the next four episodes are going to be summer sessions, recaps of some of my favorite episodes in the last year that we're going to revisit. So stay tuned for those. I will be cheersing you from afar on the beach. And I will be back with new episodes in September. Hey guys, if you love this podcast, if you love this episode, I would be grateful if you would share it with a friend who would benefit or better yet on Instagram in your stories and tag me at Pia Loves Your Biz. It really is the best way for others to find out about the show. And I thank you in advance for your help. The No BS Agency podcast is produced by Yellow House Media. Coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Creative direction by Sean and Tara McMullen. Our theme music is Knock 'em Down by The Shrugs.